Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I am so grateful you are here, and I cannot believe that it is the last day of June. How is this even possible? Tomorrow is July 1st, and you know when I think about July, I always think about 4th of July. When I think about 4th of July, I think about freedom. And I don't know about you. I don't know what kind of 4th of July plans you have. But when I think about freedom, I think about personal freedom. And I think it's what so many of my clients also want is this personal freedom. Freedom to do and to be really what they want and freedom to design their life the way they want to design it. Freedom to be with people that they want to be with and to just really do what lights them up and sets their soul on fire. It's really the basis of my podcast and why I do what I do, because this lights my soul on fire. And I know that that energy is contagious. All of this ties into the guest that's going to be on the show today. I am so happy to introduce to you Rochelle Seltzer. When Rochelle and I met, we had an instant connection. And we've just found out that we had so much in common. I had to have her on the show. Rochelle is a creative core coach And she's also the author of the acclaimed book, Live Big, A Manifesto for a Creative Life. Rochelle's mission is really to help unleash the untapped creative capacity inside women everywhere so that they can bring all of their greatness into the world, which is why Rochelle and I have so much in common. And it's so interesting. You'll hear me talk in the show about how I don't think I'm necessarily creative. And I can't wait for you to hear Rochelle's commentary on that and how she really expands the idea of creativity. And so I invite you, as I always do, to listen to the show and think about the following question and how you'll answer that for yourself. What does living big mean to you? And what is one step that you'll take to either bring personal awareness to what living big is to you, or what is one step that you'll take to really put into action living bigger in your life? And I really want you to think about that because like like Rochelle talks about in the podcast, there is so much untapped greatness inside all of us. And her mission and my mission is to really bring that to life. Because when we don't, and when we don't expand or tap into that, we are really doing everyone in our life, in the world, a disservice because we're not bringing all of the magic and all of the gifts that we have to offer to light. So I invite you to think about that as we dive into the conversation with Rochelle Seltzer on Living Big. So let's get started. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in.
Rochelle, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm super excited about this interview. We had such a great conversation leading up to this. So I would love if you would just start out by sharing a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do. Well, first of all, I have to say it's a complete delight to be with you. And I love the connection we made as well. And that we have so much in common in our perspectives and in our work. So that's awesome. So I started my career in the field of graphic design and marketing communications. I had a three-decade long career. And I thought, frankly, that that's the career I was meant to stay with. I owned a design firm for 27 of those years. And it was in, I guess, 2009, after the recession had really hit, that I, for the first time, hired a coach and I hired a business coach. And the truth is, Mm -hmm. I thought that my coach was going to give me all the tactics and strategies and marketing information and and ideas that was going to pull us through and make everything perfect. And that's what I signed up for. And what really happened is it started with the work about how did I show up as a leader? How did I lead my clients? How did I lead my team? Why wasn't I showing up in our marketing? Why, Why didn't I want to be visible there? All sorts of uncomfortable, important questions came up. Interesting. And it was in the course of that coaching work. Yes, we, he certainly gave us great guidance about the business. And we really did pull through a very challenging time. But it really woke me up in my life. And it was in that process that I found myself completely unexpectedly saying to him in the middle of a coaching conversation, you know what? I think I'm done here. Oh, wow. What I realized was I'd been doing it and enjoying it, but it was no longer really lighting me up. And I was aware enough to say to myself, and I think, again, my heart was ahead of my head, that I was ready to find something that was going to really excite me to do every single day. And so I sold my business and I did it without knowing where I was going. If you had told me I'd be a coach at that moment, I would have been pretty surprised. That is that is some bold action you took. <laughs> yeah, I really trusted myself to figure it out. The other big realization that I came to was something that I had known but had not really paid attention to for so long, is that I was a really good designer and I had great designers on my team, but I couldn't do anything creative for myself. I couldn't paint. I couldn't sculpt. I never even took those courses when I got my BFA degree. And I stayed where it was safe for me. It was safe mm. to solve other people's problems creatively. And so in the course of the months that followed the sale of my business, you know, the universe just brought me to the right teacher. And it was somebody who teaches about, and he's a psychiatrist who uses creativity as his modality. And I realized that that's what I needed to figure out. So I studied with him for two years. Oh, wow. I studied uh, to become a practitioner of a method he calls intuitive painting that I had experienced at a retreat that he gave. And I studied psychocreative therapy, which for somebody who had never taken a psych class was a little weird. But he really urged me to try it. And as soon as I sat in on the first class, I was hooked. And at the end of that, I realized what I wanted to do was to create a coaching practice based on everything I learned because coaching had changed my life. And I truly believe now in the power of creativity in a way that I never understood before and that I love bringing to people. Wow. So thank you so much for sharing all of that, Rochelle. And I think what's so important is... I mean, you did a massive pivot in your career. I mean, completely massive pivot. And 
you did it so boldly without really knowing the path ahead, without even maybe even knowing the first couple steps. Um, you you just really felt that leaned into that intuition that you were feeling in that gut around, look, I need to do what lights me on fire. What gave you the courage to take such a bold move? I really think the coaching work gave me a belief in myself. I know that I definitely um, was afraid to show up fully authentically. That's why I was afraid to be visible in our marketing. Right, right. I started my business in an era where you know, the resources that we have around us now were so limited. There wasn't even professional development within my professional national professional um, association for design. So I was always showing up the way I thought that I should show up, the way people expected me to show up. And I finally stepped into really all of myself. And I, in, in that process, I trusted myself. Yeah. And what I also love about what you're sharing obviously I'm a huge believer as well, is the power of coaching. Yes. And the the powerful process that that is. And, you know, your example is one example where coaching can shake things up so substantially and have this transformational difference. And, and I'm sure you've experienced this too as a coach. I've also experienced people coming into my practice wanting to shake things up saying, I want a different job. I want a different relationship. I want, you know, all these things different because nothing's working right now. And at the end of the relationship, we did shake things up, but literally nothing changed for them. They still have the same job. They still have the same relationship, but everything changed. And like mm-hmm. all of a sudden they were seeing it differently. And that's also the power of, of, you know, I think people sometimes have this misconception that, oh, if I'm going to go into coaching, it's, it's going to basically turn my life upside down. Or people have that a notion about therapy as well, right? But it's so interesting how just that mindset shift can change everything, even though nothing else changes. So I like I like talking about the two differences. Um, so and obviously there's everything in between as well. But but I love that you were just you are a living example of the power of coaching shaking things up so deeply in you and really getting you in touch with your truth. Yeah, thank you. That's that's absolutely what it felt like. And as soon as I was in going in a direction that I knew felt sure for me, I was just excited. I was excited. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, creating this coaching practice that I call creative core coaching that led me to writing my book, Live Big. Well, when I was working on how do I want to communicate what my coaching was about, I came up with this realization that it's really about teaching people to live big, to stop living small, to live your biggest, fullest life. And by that, I don't, I mean, you can want to have a lot of material things and I'm all for that. That's great. But my definition is really about how do we live with all of our passion? How do we live boldly? How do we live with love as a driver, as opposed to fear Mm -hmm. and connecting to our purpose so that really we show up in the world in a whole new way and we show up for ourselves, we show up for the people around us. And the other big part about the creative um, aspect of it is that you know, the left brain, which is the dominant focus in our society of logic and, I, you know, um, data, give me the facts, what worked last time. <laughs> and I really emphasize giving a lot of space to the right side of the brain, which is where we ideate and imagine and innovate. And so that's where the creative part of this work just fuels people's ability to, when you open that part of yourself, to really expand in, in ways that 
that I, I call living big. Yes. And it's exactly why um, I had you on the podcast, because I love this concept of living big. I love the book. I have the book here and have been reading through it in you know preparation for our interview and have just really loved all of it. And so I always ask this of you know what you want people to know, and I'll get to that question. But I'm curious to know, what did you learn as you were about yourself, maybe as you were writing the book? That's a really great question. The, it's a little bit backwards from the way it happened. Oh, interesting. What happened is my coach asked me, he said, you talk about living big, how do you live big? And so there's a tool in this book called the Discovery Dozen, which I hadn't yet named at the time, but I had developed. And it's, and I'll be happy to explain it, but it's essentially a fill in the blank sentence where you start with the beginning of a sentence and you complete it 12 different times with 12 different answers. So we're in the middle of a coaching session and I said, all right, I'm going to do it this way. And I said, when I live big, I, and I did 12 of them. And then he challenged me. He said, well, can you write 30? And I said, oh yeah. And I kept writing, <laughs> writing more ways that I live big. <laughs> and then the extension of that challenge was that he suggested that I um, expand each one of them into a couple of paragraphs every day for the next month, one a day. Oh, wow. It was when I did that, I looked at what I had and I said, oh my goodness, this is a book. This is meant to be a book. And that became mm. the starting point for what I developed into this book. So Yeah. So I, so I love that your learning journey became the book, which is, which is so powerful. And it's such a gift to those who read it. So I highly suggest everyone listening, go out, get the book. You, I'll put the Amazon link on, in the show notes. Um, you can buy it where, where books are sold. And it's called Live Big. And, you know, I w- I'm curious, Rochelle, um, the book is really divided into two sections. It's being big, or well, I'm probably saying this wrong, but it's being and doing. And so I would love for you to share with us why this is important and, and what your thought process was around that, um, breaking it into two pieces or two parts. Yeah. So one of the things that I say a lot is that we're human beings but we spend way more time doing than being. Yes. And I believe that the essence of coaching begins with how do we, who do we need and want to be in our lives before we get to the doing. So the first half of the book is about being, and the first chapter is called slow down and be still. And I think that's my life's work. (laughs) That's the foundation (laughs) for me, but I think it's really the foundation for all of us because we live in this hyperactive overly demanding world and where do we find the space to slow down and be still so that we can process so that we can stop reacting and truly create what's right for us as the next step so for me that's a key to the being of living big and then living in the present because we tend to really rehash the past with a lot of regret and you know all the negative feelings that come there and we also fast forward to the future and we lose this precious moment that we're in. Mm-hmm. And so that's a state of being loving more, being true to your heart, despite what other people want of you or think of you, what's really true for you feeling free. So these are examples aligning with your purpose. Living without fear is a huge state of being mm-hmm. patience and gratitude and seeing wonder all around you, keeping yourself inspired and lit up. And from there, 
that sort of foundation, the doing is so much easier and so much more delightful. And so it starts with listening to your intuition and believing in it and trusting it, but creating, creating expressively, um, speaking your truth and tapping your passion and living boldly, whatever that may mean for you. It doesn't mean the same thing for everybody, but there's more boldness, I think, in all of us about our ability to embrace change and to play, finding our way when there's confusion, um, carrying on when you need to be resilient and always moving into the future. So those are the the overview of the 20 chapters out of those 30 that I had written (laughs) about initially that I called it down to these um, 10 and 10 chapters in the book. No, it's so thank you for sharing that. And I'm curious to know, What is the, I know from you coaching in your coaching practice, what do you think is the benefit of people reading the book, going through coaching with you, and then really embracing this, um, this mindset of living big? What do you think the benefit is to that? I, I see it all the time. It's truly Mm life-changing. People wake up in their lives when you do this, when they do this work, they, they have a whole new perspective on everything. They stop, they can learn to stop telling themselves old stories, living with old limitations. One of the ways that was important to me to write this book is that you can really dive into it anywhere you need. You don't need to read it from beginning to end. And each of the chapters, which are fairly brief, the most important thing to me is that each of them has a set of practices and exercises that will help you bring whatever the topic is into your life. So it's a book of taking action. And that's what coaching is. Coaching is mm-hmm. forward action in your life. Yeah. Rochelle, it's it's what I love about your book. You know, the podcast that I, I talk about all the time is around taking insights. And so I have guests like yourself on giving great insights. And I'm always very conscientious about bringing people to action too. Like not just hearing the insight and then putting it away, but how are you going to take action on it? And that's what I love about your book is it's so applicable. So, you know, you give people this great insight in each of the chapters, but then there's also exercises and very real work that you can do. In some ways, it's very much like self-coaching, you know, helping yourself to really implement the the practices that you're you're sharing with the readers, which is, again, why I absolutely love the book. One of the things you talk about in the book is aligning with purpose. And as a coach myself, I think this is one of the things that people come to me most and they say, you know, how do I find my purpose? What if I don't know what my purpose is? And what if my purpose is completely different than what I'm doing professionally? So I would love to get your thoughts and insight around, you know, how do people align with their purpose? And do you have any specific, you know, applications or exercises that people can do to help them find their purpose? I agree with you. It comes up all the time. <laughs> I think the two questions that I ask people about that they struggle with are, what do you really want? Mm-hmm. It amazes me all the time how many people struggle with answering that question or feel uncomfortable with that. And I think it's very related to what lights you up and what what is your heart asking for? And the first set, the first thing that I have in the chapter about aligning with your purpose is to either uncover or reconnect to it is using a discovery dozen. I offer people a couple of different possibilities. I'm happy to offer them to your listeners Sure, that they could try. So one of them is my deepest satisfaction comes from, 
And if you use that as the beginning of a sentence and you complete it 12 times, or if I could spend my day doing anything that I'd love to, when I think of making my work fill in the blank, my heart soars. So the way that the discovery doesn't sort of incredibly relevatory is that the first few things you write are the things that are top of mind. It's as you continue writing and really you have to just make yourself keep writing, 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 even if it's silly or outrageous or you think it doesn't matter, just write whatever comes up in your head. When you get through the middle of the list and toward the end of the list is where some gems show up, things that are not present in your conscious mind. And it's in that level of discovery of, oh, look what came up there. I was just talking to um, a client of mine this morning who talked about how when she was a kid, she loved art, but her brother was the artist and she was the smart one who was good at science and she wasn't really allowed to do art. And so when she answered these questions, this was like this passion she has to reconnect to that part of herself that was shut down and not permitted. Sure. And so it may not, it may not be a part of her professional life in the legal field, but it may be a part of her life that she can reactivate because it means so much to her. And then she was thinking that it might even lead her to working with clients who are in the arts fields. So there's a way that you can bring your passion and your purpose into your life in many ways. It doesn't mean that you have to wholesale make a big change. It starts with getting connected to what really matters to you. And how can you show up in your life as your fullest, most powerful self? That automatically will lead you to having more purpose. And I think that's yes, what we do as coaches is help people to do that. Mm-hmm. No, it's so it's so perfect what you were sharing um, as as you were going through and talking about aligning to purpose and even the questions that you were asking. I was thinking about myself because ever since I was little, I, I've loved to dance. Um, I haven't actually shared that on the podcast before, but I started dancing when I was three or four, taking ballet lessons. I danced all through high school and um, I've always loved dancing. And then at the gym, I would always find the hip hop classes. And even at my second wedding, actually, my my myself and my bridesmaids, we all, <laughs> this was only like eight or nine years ago, <laughs> we all did a dance and we did a dance at the reception. I love dancing. My girls, you know, giggle sometimes at me. But, you know, my dream career, like my purpose, what fills my soul is I would have loved to have been a backup dancer for like Beyonce. Mm. And I think about that all the time. I'm like, well, I mean, how could I make a career of that? But I love what you share is, you know what, I d- doesn't necessarily... N- mean that that has to be my career. It means that for me, I notice when I get disconnected from that, when I haven't danced in a while, there's just kind of a dimmer on my soul. Yeah. It just kind of, it just kind of, my light feels dimmed. But when I will, you know, seek out a hip hop class or seek out a class at the gym or go to a Zumba class, like all of a sudden my soul just feels brighter that day. And it, it feels, I feel reconnected. So I think it's so important what you share is that our purpose and aligning with our purpose doesn't always have to mean that's what we do professionally. And I think that's a, just a really important point. So thank you for sharing that. And I'll just add to that. I think life is long and we have different chapters in our lives and we have different opportunities at different times to activate the things that we love in different ways. 
I, I completely agree. I, I really do. What is the most important thing out of the entire book? And I know as an author, this is really hard to kind of disseminate down. But what is the most important thing that you really want people to learn from, from the book? I think my mission is for people to really appreciate that we were all born with this huge capacity to create. And that we have this, many, many, many of us have a story that, oh, creativity is for those special people, you know, those writers or dancers or actors or poets, whatever that may be. And the truth is that we can activate, we can access and tap and accelerate the creativity within us in so many profound ways that can really light us up, propel us in so many important ways. And I, I think of creativity in two ways. One is the whole mindset of being a creator, this idea that we can actually create every single day, every minute of every day. We have opportunities, if we think about it, to come up with new and interesting ways to do things we've always done or new and interesting ways to solve a challenge. You know, there's infinite opportunities to stop reacting because creation and reaction have the same letters. So we can stop reacting all the time if we just slow down a little bit and decide what do we want to create next. So there's that piece of creation. And then there's the creative expressive parts, whether you like to have work in a wood shop or dig in a garden or, you know, do crafts or cook or whatever form of creativity gets you excited. I met a woman last summer who collects sea glass and his, you know, researches the history of it. But every time she and her husband go out, I think they do paddle boarding. That's mm -hmm. what we do. And I'd never heard of that, but when you should have seen her face light up when she talked to me about it, right? And that's the piece that you were describing about how it lights you up and it fuels everything that you do. And it mm -hmm. inspires you to think more imaginatively. And it's when we, when we bring those two parts of being creators together that we really bring all of our greatness into the world. And I think that's my, my dream is that more people really live their biggest lives because that's how the world will be the best world it can be. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I love what you're sharing about creativity, because even for myself, I think sometimes we get into a very singular mindset around what creativity looks like. Yeah. And I love the way you explained it in such an expansive way of, you know, if you are maybe more of a left brain or right brain person, right, or more logical Wait, am I saying Left that right? brain is the logic. <laughs> yes. If you are more of that left brain logical, you know, maybe creativity for you is solving a leadership problem at work and, you know, creating something new software or yeah. something more technical or a new way of keeping track of the finances, right? All the things that really aren't, don't appeal to me, but but those are ways that you could get creative within the work that you do. So, so I love this expansiveness of creativity because even for myself, I tend to say to myself, oh, I'm not a creative person. And then I love your story that you shared of here you were in the creative industry for 30 years. And you said, but, you know, I couldn't I, I didn't have the skill set at the time to draw or to paint or to kind of be that traditional creative that we all think of. And I think I've put myself in that boat. I mean, literally, I draw stick people. And I, but it's also a skill I've never really tried to build. It's also a muscle I haven't really focused in on. So 
like I said, I love this expansiveness of creativity. Would love if you have anything else to share about that. Well, I just wanted you, when you said I draw stick figures, it just reminded me. <laughs> when I started doing this work and I was going to a workshop with my teacher, yeah, I invited my husband to come with me. And he said, I'm not, I can't create. I just can only barely draw stick figures. So that's why I'm doing this story. <laughs> and I was onto something way before I realized it, Natalie, because I looked at him and I said, wait a minute, you're the most visionary leader I've ever seen. You are the most expansive thinker and you set the course for the people that work for you in a way that's so dynamic. Don't tell me you're not creative. Mm. So I would absolutely embrace what you said, that there's creativity everywhere everywhere available to us. Yes. And and I love even that you said, you know, whether it's collecting artifacts or gardening or listening to music or appreciating nature, it's all a part of a creative process. Yeah. So I, I I love that. And I also love what you say about just, you know, what I hear you saying is people really living to their fullest potential. And you talk about it in the book about how many people are just very complacent. And I really see this living big as an opportunity for people to to wake up, to activate, and to make a conscious choice about how they live. And like you said in the beginning, it's not about, you know, living big isn't about accumulating things and or titles. And I think so often in our society, we can equate living big with the accumulation of things, titles, status. So we also love that you've created this expansiveness around what that means, too, because I think it's really important for people to think about what does living big mean to me on my terms? That's right. And at the very end of the book, I actually invite people to create their own manifesto for what does a creative life look like for them? And in some of the people that I've worked with and some of the groups I've worked with, I've asked people that and people come up with other amazing ideas. So yeah, this is, we, we get to define all the dimensions of what really matters to us, but it really means opening up to what's possible. And what do I want to step into in my life? Yeah. Yes. Well, as we talked to, as we spoke about before, um, you know, the, the message that I try to create for my listeners is really about taking taking insight and then putting it into action. I talk about it on every podcast episode. So we'd love to hear from you, Rochelle. Do you have one insight from the book or from your coaching practice that you would really like my listeners to put into action? Well, I, I think the way I'd like to answer that is to just encourage people to use the Discovery Dozen tool. It is so powerful. So we talked about it a little bit as a way to mine your own heart, figure out what really matters to you, but you can also use it as a tool to generate ideas. Um, I, I was working with somebody a couple of years ago who's an incredibly creative woman and she was stuck. She was stuck. She said, I have to write a blog post and I'm totally stuck. And we use the Discovery Dozen tool to say, my next blog post could be about mm-hmm. And then we picked three, we, we started the three things that she was the most excited about. And we did another Discovery Dozen, which I call a Discovery Dozen Plus, which people can find in the book. And we took each one and we expanded. If I was going to write about and whatever that topic was, it might include. And in the space of a few minutes, she had outlines for three blog posts. 
And she started the conversation feeling completely blocked. So this is a tool that you can really uh, use in your life in myriad ways that I see all the time how effective it is. And so I would just invite people to, to give that a go and to try to remember that it's, it's available to them anytime. That's incredible. I, and I, I think that's such a great example. So thank you for sharing it. So Rochelle, um, I know in addition to people buying the book, which I highly suggest, um, how else might people get in touch with you? And I know that you were very gracious in offering uh, a live big breakthrough call for my listeners if they choose to. So how can people get in touch with you? I'll also obviously have all of your information in the show notes. Um, but what's the best way for people to reach you? The best way is to go to my site, which is my name, RochelleSeltzer.com, and you'll see how to spell that in the show notes. <laughs> so a couple of options there. One is I'd love for people to sign up for my big ideas, email articles that I send each week. Um, I really love writing them. So that's one possibility. There's also a link to the book and you can see the book. You can see how beautiful it is even before you choose to buy it. It is gorgeous, by the way. I just have to tell you, I love the thickness of the pages. I love the the coloring. I mean, just the, it is really, it's just a beautiful book. I have it on my nightstand and I absolutely love it. So. Oh, thank you. I did not design the book. Otherwise it never would have gotten published, I think. But I hired a, an amazing designer to work with me to make it the book I wanted it to be. So thank you. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then um, right on my site, you can, you can click the button and schedule a little big breakthrough call with me if you want to just talk about what's what's in your way now and and get some new perspectives and insights about that and think about what's possible. And you know, if the fit is good for us to work together, great. And if not, that's fine. I just love being in conversation with people. Oh, Rochelle. Well, I've loved being in conversation with you. This has been fantastic. Any last words of wisdom you have um, before we close out our conversation? I, I don't know that I have last words of wisdom. I just want to say how much I appreciate the alignment between the work that you do and helping people to really, you know, be inspirational leaders and teams to really be effective. This is exciting to me and the ability to um, be in conversation with you and share our ideas together and share with the world just makes me excited. So. Uh, Thank you. I feel that I feel the same way. Rochelle, we had an instant connection. Like you said, the work we do is, is very similar. And um, I think we both have just this insatiable need and desire to serve and to help um, people expand their perspective, lift into their fullest potential. And we know that by doing that, other people in the world will benefit and will have this ripple effect. So I, I know that our our hearts are always, our hearts are in exactly the same place. It's been a pleasure having you on the show today. And thank you so much for your insight, your wisdom, and your beautiful book. Thank you so much. Loved being with you. Thanks, Rochelle. Take care. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. 
I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now. Thank you.